Hello and welcome to Deluded, the Melbourne Demons fan podcast. Neats, how do we even introduce this? It's extraordinary. So we were we were sitting on the couch and, you know, I think it was like a couple of minutes into the last quarter, I was super smug. I was like, we're home. This is such a stirring win. What you love the boys. Love the boys. I was so excited because it was a really good high quality game and they played really, really well, I think. Clearly um, the best performance of the year to that point. Almost, yeah, I'd say so. Against a really good opposition on their home turf and with some really dubious umpiring decisions going against us. So, you know, I thought that I thought in general it was such a great game. And then for for the last ten minutes, and it was extraordinary because I could just I sensed it was gonna happen. It's yeah. like I so just, did every Melbourne fan. I though. know, but it was just like you had this weird out of body experience where you just knew it was gonna happen yeah. and you were like watching yourself, watching your watching the screen and It just took that first goal when Hawkins bodied Gorn out of the ruck contest kicked yeah. the goal. I'm like, Oh, I see. It begins. It begins, yeah, exactly. It was just the avalanche. It was just when they started winning it in the centre. I was just, and when the commentators were being so annoying, and they're like, "Oh, maybe Geelong have a sniff," I'm like, "Oh, this is all, this is all over." Yeah. Um, so it was, it was a disaster, really. I've, I've, you know what? This year, I'd say that was the most disappointing loss of the year. Oh, it is absolutely gutting. Definitely yeah. right. I mean, we've definitely played worse, but that was heartbreak. That was absolutely shocking. I know. I, mean, I couldn't even watch. I left. I you left. You like threw the computer down and stormed out. I was in such a bad mood. Even before Tui marked the ball. I know because I could sense it. I and could, you were right. And I could sense myself screaming as well. Yeah. And it was just, I just couldn't believe it. Do you know what? What the number of things that went wrong in that last passage of play? So Je- Jeffy. Why wouldn't he try and take the ball out of bounds? I know. Look, I'm not quite as harsh on that. Look, he did the wrong thing. I think, but. These days, with the deliberate rule being pretty harsh, I mean, it would have been pretty bad if he got pinned for deliberate and the Cats had the ball at that point either. You can kind of see what he was thinking. But I think I'm more frustrated with JKH missing a really easy shot. Oh, really shot. easy shot. They, we had like three easy shots to ice the game yeah. when we were up, right, and put the game pretty much completely out of reach. Right. So I think Brayshaw missed one. I think a couple of people missed some. But it was it was honestly awful. And the positioning at that final stoppage was oh, just it was terrible. was embarrassing. I mean, you look at that behind-the-grounds vision that they showed in the AFL.com, and you see essentially all the players up against the ball. Yeah. Um, no Jordan one... Lewis trying to cover essentially... I don't know, empty turf with yeah. Menzel just cruising past it's on the absurd. outside. It's absurd. It's absurd. And then you look at our defense. I don't know if you saw that final contest. I sadly watched it again. Ugh. You have Jetta, Spargo, and you have Oscar McDonald way back. That was the defenders. What were they doing? Why wasn't everybody back? I have no idea. I mean, Frost was next to Hawkins, which is right, although he couldn't stop him, obviously, on that occasion. And there just weren't enough people in defense. It's outrageous. That should that ball should have been... There should have been a fist somewhere... You know, yeah. that ball goes out of bounds, you get a stoppage, it's all fine. It's, you can't, it's you essentially have an uncontested mark that was in absurd. the forward line, 20 minutes out. And you know what? The Menzel kick was brilliant to yeah. Hawkins. It really was. He's an absolute excellent. gun. He's honestly, he's just everything that our team is not. You yeah. know, we're a bunch of competitors, but we're definitely not, a, you know, we're not too pretty, are we? Well, Melbourne's always had this stupid philosophical bullshit about not getting players who are actually classy finishers, right? I know, because we could have gotten Menzel. Enough. No one wanted no Menzel No one wanted Menzel, which is extraordinary. Yeah. Um, it was honestly, it was honestly so heartbreaking. I've, I don't think I've been that heartbroken since like round 23 last year. So, you know, it's nice to know that everything comes in, you know, <laughs> it could be a new low. It's like an annual, uh, feeling, I think. Um, what about your man Goodwin? Oh, what'd you make of his performance? Well, I think shocking. I mean, honestly, I, I hate to say this because I don't mean to sort of, you know, give credit to 
Mark Robinson. But his point is totally correct. He said that by the end, of, you know, every single time we lose, all Goodwin keeps saying is the same mantra. He says, oh, well, we're just going to learn from it. We're going to learn from it. Yeah. Honestly, we're going to be like the most well-educated team in the history How of the AFL. How much learning do we need I to do? I know. How much do you need to learn to man people up yeah. at a stoppage when there's 30 seconds to go in a game? Right. It's not rocket science. It oh, really isn't. It's it shocking. So and I just thought the, the Oscar McDonald and Hawkins move that they persisted with for six goals. I know. it's just, After two goals, honestly, that's that should have been enough. That should have been when Goodwin just decided to move Frost on. And or put it? Jesse into the back line, for God's sakes. Or Jesse put Tom McDonald back. It just doesn't even matter who. Like right. they, All we needed to do was restrict them from scoring by that stage. It's just unbelievable. And we've been saying all year... Oscar's improving, but his weakness is against these gorillas. I mean, I don't think I've been saying that Oscar's been improving. Fine. I think you've been saying that. I've been saying that. I honestly think Oscar has played really well against the Hipwoods, against the Jack Rewalds, against these kind of mobile forwards. He can't handle these gorillas. Frost is a gorilla, or the closest thing to a gorilla we have in our cage. I really don't have much of it. <laughs> and as soon as Frost went onto it... The zoo is a bit empty, isn't it? As soon as Frost went onto him, it is much more competitive. Well, well, exactly. I think that's it, right? I mean, obviously, Frost lost a couple of contests to Hawkins, who was definitely on fire, but at least it became competitive. It was, it was like a, it was like a big bully playing against like a chiny you know lithe school kid that match up exactly it was awful honestly and i just this is the thing about goodwin he's always been too slow to react for me yeah that's something i've always been frustrated by i agree that was just absolutely appalling that um, was a really and honestly that he is like i hate to bring it back to this but the team is mentally weak and at some point and the team can't cope with expectations and the team can't cope with getting into a winning position and actually winning so you know the, the, I'm sorry, but the heat has to come on to Goodwin. What is he doing? What is his? What is he teaching them? Right. I agree with all of that. Maybe, look, I'm going to do a 30-second silver lining thing because I don't really want to talk about silver linings, but I, I do I think we have to here. briefly. I, there, there is no silver lining no, here. This, sil- cl- this club has a losing culture. The silver lining is, okay, so dominated against Geelong on their own turf, which Definitely. I think a handful of teams have done in like the last 10 years. Yeah. That's the first thing. Second thing is, as many people have commented, like those final stoppages, when you have Clayton Oliver, Brayshaw, Petrarca going up against players like Ablett, Selwood, Dangerfield, Duncan, vastly more experienced. Like our most experienced of that group has played 50 games. No, I agree with that. I agree with so that. So hopefully it will come with experience. Like I do believe we have some genuine Jets in the middle, which we haven't had in the past. We have some serious talent. There's no doubt about that. We have some really, really, really serious talent on the list. But honestly, I mean... 50 games. Look at the Bulldogs, Kieran. The Bulldogs won a premiership off a bunch of no-names who'd all basically played like 20 games. They really hadn't... They weren't that experienced, you know? And you look at some of that... Look at, for example, some of the other... Um, you know, look... Okay, obviously, Richmond relied very heavily on its absolute guns, right? Like Martin and Cochin and those people and Jack Rewalt and Rance. Right. But even the other people in their team, some of them were very inexperienced. They had a whole forward line full of the Castanias and the Butlers of this world who were very inexperienced. And yet... But that's, but that's a difference, though. Maybe you need these experienced guns, and then the younger players play better in the pressure moments around them. Well, right? then, my question like, to who you are is... Who are our guns? Well, really? then what are the older They're guns young. doing? No, but I agree with our guns are all young, but then what is Lewis doing? What is Jones doing? Well, what the truth is, Lewis people? isn't a gun anymore. I mean, I don't think he was necessarily doing the wrong thing. I just think he's not that fast. He was trying to run back and cover. He's just lost many steps, right? I just, Jones was chasing back, but he's just not that fast anymore, you know? Who, Jones? Yeah, Jones and Lewis. These guys, I mean, they've lost a step, right? Bernie Vince. The players that we want to be the leaders in these tough moments, I don't know if they're necessarily physically up to it. I'm not sure if it's some, like, mental thing. That's interesting. Because I just don't understand why we even got Jordan Lewis to the club if, you know, if in moments like these he's not really helping us 
you know, calm the farm and helping us win. I know. Well, look, I'm going to ask you a question that you've asked me. Was the lever trade the wrong move? You know, I... We're not going to have any nuance, by the way, listeners. Let's no, go. this is a very hostile um, podcast this week. No, I don't... I don't... I, I have said this before. I've, I've asked whether or not it was the wrong move. The only reason I say this is because, you know, Lever, I think, is an amazing player. And I think he will be a really great player for us in the long term. And he's, you know, a perfect age profile, super talented, very skillful. There's no doubt about that. But I question... I'm not saying I'm, I regret the fact that we got Lever to the club, where I think that was a bad decision in and of itself. I'm questioning whether or not it was the right priority. Hmm. So given that last year, Stephen May looked like potentially an option... I think, honestly, we should have just made that our number one target. because right. It sounds like we had a little bit of a fling at Stephen I May. think so, but not to the same extent that we were trying to court right. Lever, right? And obviously, right. May is a bit older. Maybe it would have been more difficult, etc. And maybe it's a case that, you know, we thought that with our game style, an interceptor would be really helpful. And look at Jeremy McGuffin at West Coast, mm. right? Like, if Lever becomes like that, that's obviously an excellent, excellent outcome. But honestly... I feel like the, the club just kind of ignored the fact that we have a glaring hole, which is we don't have any dour defenders who can just win a one-on-one contest. Yep. Literally, that's all we're looking for. We need a Lyndon Dunn. Honestly, we really do. We just need someone who yeah. is a dour, like, who can halve some contests, player. right? Not even win a contest, yeah. exactly. Just halve it and bring it to ground. That's literally all we need. Right, right. Because you've got Kennedy, you've got Ben Brown, you've got Tom Hawkins. Who else do you have who's in that category? Of what? Of like gorilla types. Big gorilla forwards. I mean, a lot of them are going out of fashion now, right? right. Like the Tom Jenkins of the world. Jen- I mean, Jenkins isn't really that great. No, but you need someone who can stop these players. Because a lot of the good teams have players. Look, like but this. so this is the thing. So Patton, like, when he was playing. You right. Know. But like players like, for example, like Daniel Talia, right? He's just so good in a one-on-one contest. Yeah. You know, and obviously he was a very high draft pick. And obviously I don't think he's... Um, reading the play as well as someone like Lever is. But you know what? He just makes sure... He just doesn't get beaten in a one-on-one, and that's all we need. Yeah. And so, you know, to that extent, I think Lever was was a good trade, and I'm sure we'll be reaping the benefits of it in the long term. But in the short term, it is just not helping our predicament. Right. And I think the problem with that last play was... Lewis was forced to try and play the lever role. Right. He was essentially trying to be the zone-off guy, which he can't do as well anyway. Right. Well, when all we really needed was another big guy that could just sit on Hawkins, even keep him to like four goals. Yeah. And their forward line, other than that, is pretty junk. Completely. I completely agree. And so, and we were getting more inside 50s. It was just extraordinary. I mean, I think that's it. That's the thing that kills me. So I don't think we've really prioritized um, accordingly. Another question for me. Is Hogan a flat-track boy? Oh, yeah, we've You're going to be all defensive before. on Hogan, as you always are. I'm, I'm a bit pissed defensive. off at Hogan. I'm a bit... Really? I'm a bit fed up? Why? I just think, all right, he can dominate against some of these garbage teams, but can you take a contested mark in an important game against a good team? He did take a mark, but it just wasn't paid. Oh, well, fine. That was, that was a mark. That was rubbish umpiring. No, I agree. And obviously I'm being a bit harsh and Hogan's not all our problems, but... I just feel like in the big games when we really need someone to stand up, he's not our guy. Tom McDonald's our guy. But to be fair, nobody's our guy. Right now, nobody's standing up in Tom those McDonald big games. Tom McDonald kicked four goals, you know. I mean, I agree with that. But honestly, like, in our big games yesterday, nobody stood up. The only person who was remotely good yesterday was Oliver. Or two no, days ago. I disagree with that. Oliver was amazing. I think Gus played, a, a, like, a really good game. Gus had a good Petrarca game. Petrarca had a really good game. He had a decent enough game. Tom McDonald kicked four goals. I disagree But with I just that. question, who is the one who was standing up in the final quarter? That's my question to you. Nobody was standing up. Maybe Oliver. I just... Hogan needs to be... Like, he's not playing on superstars. That's the truth, right? Yeah. He was playing on, I think it was on College Asney or whatever. Like, yeah. You know, these are players that he should be monstering, and he's not. And just the juxtaposition of him and Hogan, uh, him Hawkins. and Hawkins. And well, you're going to say Hawkins is like older 30. or whatever, but... 
Hogan's been around for a few years now. No, you're right. I'm probably being unreasonable and just pissed off, but I was frustrated. I just think that he did. I just think, I don't necessarily think it's big games or not big games. I just think he, when he lets himself down in the first couple of contests, yeah. I just, I'm not sure how, I kind of think he's very sim, sim, uh, symbolic of Melbourne in some ways, you know? Right. Which is depressing, right? A little bit, yeah. Like, yeah. I just kind of think that maybe they all just kind of go, oh no, it's all a bit too hard. It's all and then, happening again. Yeah, it's all happening again. I, but this is why I think it's a bigger problem than just Hogan. I think there is a loser's, there is a loser's mentality. Because in that final quarter, Kieran, nobody stood up, as far as I'm concerned. Except for may, maybe Clayton Oliver had a couple of good moments, but that's about it. Nobody yeah. stood up. And if nobody's standing up, that's not a Hogan problem, Kieran. That's an entire team performance and that performance problem. And that comes back to the fact that the culture is not good. Thanks, Kara. No, I'm not being in Kara, Kieran. It's just generally true. There is a losing culture. There are teams that go out and they believe that they can win, regardless of what is happening in the game, right? So Geelong always believed that they could win that game, regardless of the fact that they were 30 points down. If Melbourne were 30 points down, they would find a way to lose by like 60 points, right? This is not a team that really believes that they can really come turn, turn their fortunes around and win a game. So, I, I think that's true. So do you think we're out of the finals race now? I think so, yeah. I think it's. I, I mean, think we're obviously in the race, but do you think we're we have in a the chance? race? But no, I don't think so. I mean, I, I can't see us being Adelaide and Adelaide. I mean, given um, we beat Adelaide last time by ninety six points, we're yeah, losing the conversation. I mean, yeah, but half their play, Kieran, let's be honest yeah. here, half their team wasn't even playing. I mean, and it is Rory Sloan, not in Adelaide, not in Adelaide. I mean, Rory Sloan might be out this week. So that's one thing to know. Oh, I didn't hear that. That's huge. Well, I think somebody stood on his ankle, foot, or something. So they're worried that he might have re, um, he might have re-aggravated his Liz Frank injury. Oh, okay. But I'm not sure if that means he'll be out or not. But he is touch and go. And there's a couple of other players who might be out. But otherwise, they're getting their players back in, Kiers. And I don't... Their forward line, honestly, after what I saw Oscar McDonald struggle through with Hawkins, imagine triple teaming him with, you know, the likes of Tex, Jenkins, Tom Lynch... Um, Mitch McGovern, now that he's back in the team. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah it's a disaster. Yeah, it's a total disaster. Jesus. There's absolutely no chance. I mean, look at our de- look, literally the only way we could possibly win is if somehow our midfield just destroys theirs. Which and is definitely possible, particularly if Sloan's not in. I mean, look. And I mean, Gorn, I think, will play really well on Jacobs. I think his only struggle is with the real athlete types. But it doesn't make a di- But the problem is, Kieran, I mean, and this is the issue with Melbourne as well this year. We're one of the highest ranked teams for scoring in the competition, if not the highest ranked team. But you can't win that many games of football if you don't restrict the other side's opposite, like the other side's scoring. We just can't do that. So it doesn't really matter if we can like score some goals. Ultimately, we can't restrict anybody. So tell me about the ins and outs. Is there anything we can change, do you think, to improve our prospects? You know, I would bring in Wagner. He's a bit quicker. I would drop Bernie Vince. You think you dropped Bernie Vince after that performance? Yeah, absolutely. I didn't think some of his kicking was that bad, though. I thought his his just... kicking was fine, but we just need a bit more lockdown, right? Do you think Wagner is a lockdown defender? I think so, yeah. And Hibbert's not coming back in, which is very unfortunate. That's a huge out. Uh, uh, what's his name? Harms, potentially out. Is a big, big out. I don't think he is potentially out, though. They said he expected to play. Hand, hand surgery. Yeah, but they still week. expect him to play, right? I thought he played very well on the weekend. He was phenomenal. He's the he winner really of the Rowan Bale Award. Honestly. No further discussion. Oh, yeah, let's know. Definitely Harms. Honestly, what a real trooper. Yeah. I mean, he's been given these, like. Selwood and then Dangerfield. Right. And he played well on both, and we still lost. It's yeah, remarkable. it's extraordinary. But also, we, I mean, he restricted Josh Selwood to, like, 16 disposals or something at one point. Yeah, he was brilliant. Um, he really was. JKH. Surely he's out. Oh, Surely he doesn't play again. Ever? I mean, I just don't see the point. 
What, what is his role? But who plays, I guess, who who, do, who do they bring in instead of him? Uh, I don't know. Bring in Bug or something. Just keep the rotation Bug. going. Bring back Kent. How's Kent I'm going? happy with Kent being in the team. Or Vandenberg. Give someone else a I name. really love it if Vandenberg came into the team. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just frustrated. I actually don't have any rational analysis this week. I'm just pissed off. That's my general take. I just, I'm very negative. I don't think we're going to make the finals. Here's the question though. If we don't win this week, which looks unlikely, we win, we will maybe beat Gold Coast. I mean, that's not a guarantee right now. It's not a guarantee, but I'd say we'd back us. We'd back us to beat Gold Coast. And then after that, we've got the Swans, who I think we'll probably lose to, given that it's at MCG and not at SCG, which seems to be there. You know, yeah, it's definitely at least a 50 50 game, oh, possibly 40 60. Yeah, I think it's more like 30 70. See, the Swans, are, I know, I know the game on the weekend wasn't great, but the Swans are at least a winning team. You know, they just yeah. they really back themselves to win, and they'll be so filthy with the fact that they lost like that to Gold Coast at their home. They'll still be thinking about that when they play us. Well, I'm not sure if they will still be thinking about it, but you know, it'll just I just think they're a resilient team, they're like exactly right. what we're not. So uh, here's a question if we lose the next two out of our three, yeah. that's curtains for the season pretty much, right? Oh. Guaranteed. Yeah. Guaranteed. What happens then? Well, the sad thing is we could end up with less wins than we had last year. Right. Because last year, I think we ended on 12 wins. We ended up on 12 and lost missed out on percentage. Right. And now we're on 9. No, we're not. Aren't we? We're on 10. Are we on 10? Yeah. We're drawn. But we could actually only win one of our remaining games. I agree with that. Yeah. And GWS does not look like we're going to win that game. Right. They are flying at the moment. And that would be so depressing because I truly believe we're a much better team than last year. I know... It might be the exact same result, but Gorn is the dominant ruckman in the competition. We're scoring so much more freely. I mean, I think our backline wasn't particularly good last year, and so this year is really no worse. Yeah, I don't think we've... I think maybe we've made some inroads, not really. Honestly, I think that if we if we finish only on 11 wins this year... Right, without beating a single team in the top eight. I With one of the highest percentages, with probably the highest percentage. Right. That is the flat track bully story right there. It really when you've got, gotten plenty of wins, you only beat the dud teams, you beat them by a lot. Exactly. That's essentially our season. What happens to Goodwin then? Does he keep his job? I think they'll keep him because, I mean... Why? I don't know. It's a big deal sacking a coach. I just don't think they'll do it. Unless they can get maybe like a Clarko or something. I would love the... I do love the idea that maybe some coach will say, look, this list is going to absolutely explode. Let me just cruise in there and so take So now the, you don't want Goodwin proceeds. in power either. Well... I'm pretty pissed off right now. And I, look, I've never been a huge fan of Goodwin. He never struck me as a, a why tactical you, why mastermind. Why do you like Goodwin? He's just a bit meh, isn't he? I hate his press conferences. He projects kind of like this vacuous calm. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, like he just kind of doesn't really give you much. And you're not... Oh, look, anyway, I've made this point before. He just doesn't... Yeah, he doesn't instill that much confidence in me, does he? In you, does he? Especially with some of these coaching moves. It's just not knowing... I, I just think he's yeah. just so slow to react. I'm more into, what's the other guy's name? Ben, ben Jennings? No, what's his name again? Craig Jennings. Craig Jennings. Yeah. Maybe because he's always should... silent. And I think that silence suggests something. Like maybe he knows yeah, something. Craig Jennings, is, we're also losing. I mean, it's just, yeah. I'm not sure how great Craig Jennings has been either these past couple of weeks. You know who might be good? Jade Rawlings. Why? Casey's absolutely dominating. And he's meant to be a very highly rated assistant coach. Isn't it funny though that Casey had like the literally the inverse of our right. entire game? Right. Incredible win against Incredible the Incredible win with, like, against no players. Come back from come from behind on yeah. their home turf. Yeah. Honestly. Well, so what do they do then? So who do they bring in this week? I don't know. Well, look, we'll mull this on future episodes. Maybe we'll put up a poll. But for now, we need to go to the airport because we're going to Portugal for the next week and a half. Hopefully staying as far away from... 
football as possible. That's the plan. I mean, though, I have to say, we're going to a wedding of two of our dear friends. One of whom is a Geelong supporter, but doesn't really support Geelong to the yeah. point that she didn't even know about the results. We had to tell her about the result. That's Ugh. how committed she is. Classic Geelong Classic supporter. Classic Geelong supporter. And the other is a Richmond supporter who was Ugh. just let's cancel the flight. I know. <laughs> well, it's funny because that's it's just like smug smugness all around, isn't I know. it? Smug wedding. We would just be glowering in the corner. Well, we'll actually be emceeing the wedding together. That's true. Yeah, we're that's thinking true. about hosting our podcast from the wedding next week. That's true. That's true. The Live Portugal, from the wedding. The Portugal summer wedding edition. <laughs> Um, so thanks again for joining Deluded. We'll be with you maybe a little bit later next week um, after the wedding. Uh, but until then, uh, we hope you're still supporting the Ds. We're not sure if we are. I no, guess we not are really. Now. Oh, can I ask one more question about this, though? Yes. Do you think there's any truth to the story that Angus Brayshaw is going to go to North? No, that's stupid. North are just whoring themselves out as they always do. They're just really desperate, aren't they? But they're offering 700000 I'm sure we'll just keep pushing the price up until we get to what he needs. He's yeah. too important to us. He's become a gun. Honestly, if we lost Cusser right now, this yeah. would be a disaster. I, I don't think we will. He seems to like the club. I just, yeah. Like, cross-town tr- uh, changes don't happen very often. No, Particularly that's for true. young players. I don't think it will happen. That's true. Yeah. So we'll see you next week. Go Dees. Go Dees. <laughs>